Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We're going to have a wonderful day of worship. It's going to be a powerful day of worship. Those of you at home, I want you all to just be ready to worship your God and, and just feel his presence today, because his, his presence is with us today for sure. He's with us always, but let's start out with a, a great song of blessed, blessed be the name. Blessed be your name, the land that is plentiful, stream of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Those of you at home, get up out of the chair. Help me out now. Blessed be your name, found in a desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Sing with me now. You're in the car. Sing with me now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your Blessed be your name, sun shining down on me, the world's all that it could be. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, the road marked with suffering. Your name, every blessing pour out on to back your praise when the darkness closes in. Lord, I will say, Come on now, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be His name. 
Ah, blessed be the name. What a glorious day we have today. The Lord has given us a little bit of rain. He's given us a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of chill in the air, but it's a nice chill. Today we're going to have a couple new songs. This is a song that uh, Phil Wickham put together. It's a song called Cannons. It's a great tune. Now sing along with me if you know it, but I'm going to teach it to you today. sing of how great you are. What great words those are. Sing of how great you are. Now this next song, folks, I'm going to get it started here. I really want you to take a moment to gather yourself in the moment of praise. You see, this is the time that God is with you. He's with you always. 
but you're reaching out to him. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world has fallen. The body on the cross, the board poured out for us. The weight of every curse was upon him. This is what he did for you. He was on that cross and he died for us. It's a big thing. Think about it. One final breath he gave, but heaven looked away. The Son of God laid there in the darkness. The battle in the grave, the war of death was waged. The power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone it was rolled away. The perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? The resurrected King has rendered you defeated. Here we go. Forever He is glorified. Give it up now. Perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? The resurrected King who rendered you undefeated. Here we go now. Forever, He's glorified. to him. Don't worry about COVID. Don't worry about death. Don't worry about pain. He's alive. He's here for us. Don't worry about it. He is here. Just open your heart and let him in. Right now, get on your knees and let him in. This is it. This is the time to give it to him. He's here for you every single moment. Sometimes we we don't recognize it. It's time that every single day we're out there. We, we, we give our all for him. Knowing he died on the cross for us. What a sacrifice. We sing hallelujah. Because we sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb, he's overcome. We sing hallelujah. Come on now. We sing hallelujah. Get up off the sofa. Get off off the chair and sing hallelujah with me. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Stand up now. Death is overcome. We sing hallelujah. Oh. He is alive. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah. If you're in your car, if you're at home, if you're here, sing it with me now. We sing hallelujah. 
Thank you so much, Ron, for that beautiful music. It's so awesome to be praising and worshiping the Lord this morning. Uh, it's so good to see you all. Uh, I, there's a lot of cars in the parking lot. I can't see everybody out there, but I know you're out there. I can see you moving in the cars. Oh, there's Gina. She's waving and praising God out in the parking lot. Praise the Lord. We love you, Gina. Um, so we've got, we're believing for Rudy, Gina. We're believing for him. In faith, he's healed. He's healed in the name of Jesus. I've been praying for him every day, Gina. Every day. Uh, oh, so anyway, the announcements today, uh, elementary and toddlers. Today we have the elementary lesson. Margaret's going to be teaching. the uh, Commander Margaret is going to be teaching the elementary lesson on hope. It's the second week of hope. So tune into that. She's got a lot of fun things planned for all the uh, toddlers in elementary. Then uh, Sully and Karen are going to be teaching the, uh, the youth. Uh, I have to say, we, we had a little bit of a mix-up uh, last week, uh, or two weeks ago, I sent out the Your Deadly Enemy lesson, uh, and he accidentally uh, taught your, uh, You Have a Future. Uh, so the lesson is from two weeks ago that I sent out, that I texted to everybody, uh, but he's going to be teaching on Your Deadly Enemy today, uh, so definitely tune into that. That's going to be fun. And next week, I am going to be interviewing Margaret. I'm going to be interviewing Commander Margaret for the youth and young adult lesson. And you know what? A lot of the youth and young adults, they were raised in this church with Margaret as their Sunday school teacher. So we're going to talk to her about her time in middle school and high school and college. And we're just going to have a good old time. If you don't know anything about Margaret, Commander Margaret, she is like one of the sweetest, most compassionate, loving people I think I've ever met. Maybe apart from my grandmother. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough competition there. I'm going to have to side with my grandmother just because she's my grandma. But, Margaret, you're up there for sure. Uh, then also, uh, February 14th, we're very excited about this. Normally at our church, we do a lip sync battle every year for Valentine's Day. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that this year. Uh, Bindi has told me that she's already planning for when we do bring it back, her and Rosie. If you don't remember, during our lip sync battle a year ago, we had Bindi and Rosie and our sweet Christy, who's no longer with us, uh, they did. Uh, they brought out air. They brought out uh, inflatable guitars and hearts, and they ripped them up. I forget what the song was, but it was so much fun. Oh, break a piece of my heart, or have a, what? Take a piece of my heart. So that's what they sang. It was so much fun. We had such a great time. So we're looking forward to doing that again next year. But since Valentine's Day is on, or since Valentine's Day is a Sunday this year on February fourteenth. We're going to have Share the Love Sunday, and I think, Bill, we have a little graphic for everybody at home. He's going to put that up. Um, so we're going to be celebrating the love of Jesus to us all. So we're going to be celebrating, you know, if you have a spouse, if you're, uh, if you're uh, dating somebody, if you have uh, a son or daughter or a grandma or grandpa, if you have a friend, and just in general, Jesus' love for all of us, okay? We're going to just be celebrating all of God's love in all of its forms, um, and so uh, please join us at 1030 here on the lawn. You can also tune in. You can drive in. You can tune in on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, but uh, just remember 
to come here and remember God's love for you. Uh, we're going to be celebrating on Valentine's Day on February 14th, and we're going to have some special stuff in store. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll, we'll give you more details as it gets closer. And then uh, lastly, uh, tithes and offerings. If you want to give your tithes or offering, you can put it in that red box there on the welcome table. You can donate online. Bill's going to put up the website. It's newheart, N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number four, Y-O-U slash give dash online. Or you can mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. So anyway, that's it with the announcements. I'm going to be giving a little youth and young adult um, sermon uh, this morning. And I was going to uh, do it on materialism, but actually my dad asked me because I'd been learning a lot this week about mental health. So we're going to actually talk about mental health today with all the youth and young adults. And the little uh, phrase I'm going to use is, it's okay to not be okay. I think that in our day and age today, and especially in the church, you know, we ask people, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine or I'm doing okay. I think and a lot of times we just expect that the other person is going to say, I'm okay. Or the other person expects that they should say, I'm going to be, I'm okay. And of course, we, as a church, we do want people to be okay. We, you know, there's scriptures that talk about the joy of the Lord is our strength. It says in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So all these things are true, and God wants us to have those things. But there are times in our life, like right now during the pandemic, where we do go through challenges and struggles and trials. And just because we may not be okay at that moment doesn't necessarily mean that we're not believing um, we're not believing to be okay or to have that sound mind or to have the mind of Christ. And we can confess and we can um, uh, you know, be hearers of the word, but we also have to be doers of the word. And sometimes I think when we're busy and life is, is going at us you know, at a million miles a minute and uh, we don't necessarily know what to do to renew our minds, to have the mind of Christ, to have a sound mind. What we really need to be doing is we need to be in tune with our emotional um, warning signs. And if you are feeling sad or if you're feeling down on a regular basis and you're feeling like you don't want to do the regular activities in life or if you're feeling irritable, that, that's a sign to you that there's something internally that isn't quite right. And you need to really be okay with telling someone in the church, telling your pastor, telling me if you're the youth or young adults, you know, telling my dad, telling someone you trust to help you uh, figure that out, figure out what's going on and why it is that you're down. Because a lot of times what it is is our thinking is not aligned. It's, we, we haven't used, we're not using mental um, mind management strategies to make sure that we're thinking properly. And it's, you know, we have to be doers of the word. We have to figure out what is the source of our sadness what is the source of our irritability and figure out how we can resolve it and, and think properly. And you know what? That takes time. That's not something you can snap your fingers and just fix overnight. So that's why I say it's okay to not be okay. Not that we want you to stay that way, but it's okay if you're not okay and we want you to tell us so we can help you. Um, and so just to let you know, church is a safe place. This is a place where you can be honest. A lot of youth and young adults, you know, in college and in high school and middle school, you get teased, you get ridiculed, you get bullied. Church is not that kind of place. We don't do that here. Um, so just remember if there's somebody out there who is not feeling okay or is having a hard time, you know, we need to reach out to them and care for them. And if, if you're feeling that way, please let us know so that we can help you. Um, and I just want to let you know, 99% of who we are is our mind. Our mind is different from our brain. Our brain is our physical body. It's, it's the um, command center that tells our body how to work. It sends all the, uh, it sends the uh, directions to our hand to move, for our brain to work our digestive system. But our mind is our will, our emotions, our spirit, our soul, our, our spirit and our soul. That's where 
um, all of who we are, all of our consciousness is. And so we really need to be working on mind management strategies. Uh, uh, this past week, I've been listening to a, a brain, she's a brain science expert and Christian. Her name is Caroline Leaf. And she has great videos and she's got an app. If, you're, if anyone's interested, let me know and I can share it with you. Um, and she basically was saying that we really have to deal with these mind management strategies to get to the root of why it is we're reacting and feeling the way we're feeling. Why are, like, are we looking to the approval of others? Are we afraid of rejection? Why is it that we're irritable? Are we dealing with trauma from the past that we need to kind of take time to, to work through and think through so that we can think differently? Um, and so I just want to give you, uh, as a closing thought, here are some common signs um, that you may be experiencing depression. Feeling hopeless and helpless, like you just have nothing to live for and can't go on. Loss of appetite and weight changes. Irregular sleeping patterns, physical and mental exhaustion, self-loathing and low self-confidence, antipathy and loss of interest in day-to-day -day things, risky behavior, behaviors, physical issues such as headaches, skin problems, hair loss, and digestive problems, trouble concentrating and slow processing, dramatic mood swings, intense anger and irritability, feelings of burnout. It's normal to be feeling some of these things with, after everything that we've been going through. We're, we've all are dealing with trauma. Trauma is just basically a loss of something that you've done on a regular basis. That can be a friend, it can be a family member. It can just be like, I used to go to the Dodgers game every week and now I can't, you know? The, trauma can be any loss of something that you're familiar with of, of seeing or, or experiencing on a regular basis. And we've all dealt with trauma over this past year. So like I said, it's okay to not be okay and to deal with those issues. And so the other thing I wanna share are some tips if you know of someone who's going through a hard time or through depression, Here's some, um, here some suggestions. Be patient. Be prepared to be there long term, not just when it suits you. Listen to understand, not to just to give advice. Make it a team effort. Have people you can turn to for help so that you don't burn out and resent the person who is struggling with depression. Make sure you have someone to talk to and vent so you don't keep it in or suppress your own feelings, which will affect your mental health and ability to help the person who is struggling with depression. Be present with the person. Turn off your phone. Sit with them. Truly listen or engage them in an activity or interest of theirs. Don't make it about you. Get them moving. Go outdoors. Go for walks together. Encourage them to take an exercise class with you. Go to the beach or lake for the day. Go hiking. Enjoy being outside in nature together, which can really help when someone is feeling depressed. Make them feel valued, loved, respected, and listened to. Think of ways you can show your concern and love every day, even if this is just a quick text message or phone call. So anyway, again, it's okay to not be okay. Please reach out to me if you want any of these resources. I'm more than happy to send them your way. Those are some really good words, Charles. <clears throat> yeah, definitely reach out if you have some need there. Before I spoke a word you were singing over me You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You've been so kind to me Overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God That chased me down in flakes We found the lease at 99 I could have earned it, I don't deserve it That you give yourself away Oh, the never-ending, reckless 
for me You've been so good to me But I found no worth You paid it all to me You've been so kind to me Oh, the overwhelming never love of God Oh, it chases down in flights till I found leaves the 99 I could have earned it, I don't deserve it, but you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God The shadow won't light up Mountain won't climb up after me There's no wall you can kick down When I tear down after me There is no line up Mountain won't climb up after me There's no wall you can kick down Oh, well, tear down after me Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Oh, it chased me down in flight And found the leaves in 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it So you gave yourself away Oh, the overwhelming Never-ending Reckless love of God No shadow that will light up, mountain will climb up after me. There's no wall that will kick down, I won't tear down coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chased me down in flights till I am found least the 99 I could have heard. I don't deserve it till you give yourself away and all the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God Praise the Lord Praise the Lord overwhelming, never-ending, precious love of God. Amen? Isn't that something we can count on? We can know that he, is, he loves us, He's praying for us, He cares for us. We can cast our concerns over to Him because why? He cares for us. Isn't that good news? Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord right now here on the lawn and hopefully you at home. Just receive the love of God right now in your hearts, in your minds. Know that He's with you. He's surrounding you with love. Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We receive your love, Father. We know that you love us with an everlasting love. Not like the world's love, but the love that comes from heaven. The love that comes from you. We rejoice, Lord God, that we're never alone in this world, but we have you as our comforter, as our friend, as our counselor, our guide our deliverer from all that we're facing. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said, amen. want to give a report for, from Gina about Rudy. He is doing well. He's had five, uh, he has physical therapy five days a week. He's moving his arms and his legs. He's kidding the nurses so we know that his humor is coming back. And that's good. He keeps trying to get out of bed. The nurses say, no, you, Rudy, you have to stay and he tells Gina, Gina, get me out of here. So, you know, he's fighting, <laughs> and that's good news. And they said, we, 
we sense that you, that you are a, a, a church-going guy. And he said, yeah, do you have a Bible? And so they gave him a Bible, and he's reading his Bible while he's in bed. And we sent some uh, balloons over to him yesterday and uh, encouraged him in the Lord. And then with Raul, uh, Norma's saying that he's doing well, too. He's encouraged, and he just needs to get a full recovery and full uh, manifestation of the kidney being functioning in a perfect manner. So we want to pray for them. Let's pray for them right now, even as we mention them. Father, we thank you for Rudy and Raul. We thank you that your hand of of healing is upon them, that they're receiving, Lord, all that you have for them, that heaven is shining down upon them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we can rejoice knowing that you're working for their good. And we thank you, Lord God, that they're going to rise up and give you glory and praise for all that you have done for them. And for this, we give you the praise and glory. And all agreed said, Amen. Praise God. Well, I have a message today that I'm so excited to give to you. It's called Jesus is forever praying for you. The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for you. Now, that's good news, isn't it? You might feel like you're alone. You're praying. You're confessing. You're believing God. But Jesus is up there praying with you and for you. Isn't that good news? Now, let me, sometimes things in the Bible are just too incredible, amazing, unbelievable, hard to, to fathom. Have you ever had something, ha- had a, a, a fact that you couldn't believe? For instance, I heard a couple of facts this week. You know, the Bible says, or not the Bible, but you've heard the saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? Well, what if you were to eat an apple a day every day How long would it take before you would eat every variety, every kind of apple? I asked my wife that question. She said, oh, about 53 uh, days. I went to the produce man at our market, and I said, how many apple varieties do you think there are? He goes, oh, there's a lot of them. There's probably about 100 of them. Well, I looked it up. And if you ate an apple a day of every variety, it would take you 20 years before you would finish. Yes, there, there are 7,500 varieties of apples in the world. There, there's only 100 in the United States. Now, you know a couple of them that we have here. We have, the, oops, we have the Red Delicious Apple. You know that? That's the most famous apple that we have, you know? And then we have some other ones here. Thank you, Billy. We got the, we got the Green Apple. That's a good one, right? You want that one? Here you go. There you go. Good catch. Okay. Then we have the (laughs) Golden Delicious. There it is. All right. And Matthew, this is your last day here. You get the Red Delicious from California. Tell them all about it there in Notre Dame. Praise God. That's the way to keep the audience, you know, attent and and thinking and and looking. Praise God. Amen. So that's unbelievable, isn't it? 7,500 different varieties of apples. Then I read another fact. There is a guy from France that ate a whole airplane. Now, yeah, he ate a whole Cessna airplane. Took him two years. How did he do it? Well, he had some intestinal uh, strength. Uh, His his linings were real strong, and and it it was like a sickness. It's called pica, and and he would eat non-nutritional items. And so he he started doing this when he was nine years old, and he took on the task, I'm going to eat a whole airplane. I don't think he chewed it, but he was able to swallow it and have it go down. Crazy, isn't it? Unbelievable. Uh, now, so I was thinking of things also in the world that are, are perpetu- perpetual, forever. And I was thinking, well, you know, JFK has that eternal flame in Arlington National Cemetery where that flame is going on forever, you know, forever and ever, never to blow out. But then I looked in the Bible, but the flame doesn't do anything. It's just a flame. But I looked in the Bible for something that was perpetual, and I looked right in the beginning, Genesis 8, verse 22. It says, as long as the earth remains, there will be what? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. So you don't have to worry about the sun coming up. It's going to come up every day. The moon's going to come up every night as long as the earth remains. Then I looked a little further in the Bible. In Hebrews 7.25, it says that Jesus ever liveth 
to make intercession for you. I said, this is wonderful. Jesus is up there. He's not sitting on the throne, not doing anything. He is praying for us, interceding for us. And I wondered, how does he do that? Do you ever wonder how can he do that? Even how can all the prayers go up to God and God answers them all? I'm thinking of that movie with Jim Carrey, Bruce Almighty, where he had all those prayers come up. He put them in a computer and he was typing them. Yes, yes, yes. Then he just hit uh, default. Yes to everybody. So like five people won the lottery that day. (laughs) But I'm going to explain to you how Jesus does that. But the Bible says, you ready for this? In, in, In the whole complete scripture, it says, Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save us to the uttermost. Those that come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for you. So I looked at that word, uttermost. I like that. Don't you want to be saved to the uttermost? That means completely, thoroughly, completely filled. Now, you know when you used to go to the gas station and you wanted to fill up your gas tank, what would you do? You'd fill it up to the brim. You, you would th- put the tank, you would put it very, all the way. In fact, they used to have to put a sign there, there that says, don't, uh, don't, don't top off your tank. You know, I remember when we were younger, we had a Volkswagen. How many of you had a Volkswagen? Just about everybody had a Volkswagen when they were younger. And, and gas in my day was only 33 cents a gallon. Oh, yeah. So for a dollar, you could, like, ride all over town. And we were so foolish in those days. We wanted to see how far we could stretch our dollar. And so we would go and say, oh, you know, I think I can go a little farther. I can go a little. And mi- a lot of times, we didn't make it. We were silly. I mean, we'd get like a block away, and we'd have to push the thing into the gas station. Uh, you know, we were crazy kids in those days. But also, do you remember when you go into a 7-Eleven or a soda dispensary? How do you want to fill your cup? All the way to the brim, right? You, you want to, and you wait for the fizzle to go down, and then you fill it up, because you want to get your money's worth. You want to get all that you can. Remember when Jesus changed the water into the wine? He told the servants, put the water into the, jug, uh, the, the, the wine jugs. And the Bible says they filled it up to the brim. Why? They wanted to get all the wine that they could. So Jesus wants to give us complete and total peace and, and security. He says he's ever, making to, uh, he's ever living, living to make intercession for us. David said it this way, my cup runneth over. <laughs> Not to the brim, but it runs over. So I like this concept, that God is able to save us to the uttermost. That means that everything that you're struggling with, he is able to help you with. He is praying for you to overcome every situation that you're facing. Now, I looked up even further the word uttermost, and it has a deeper meaning than just being saved. It has a deeper meaning than just forgiveness of your sins, because sometimes we just commit the same sin over and over again. Come on, talk to me. And we have to get forgiven over and over again. But Jesus wants to get down to the root. And you might have outbursts of anger, outbursts of wrath. You don't have to raise your hand. But I know some of you out there have outbursts of anger and wrath. I myself even have one or two once in a while. But Jesus is able to get down to the root of it and replace that anger with peace and joy in the Holy Ghost so that you don't have to keep asking for forgiveness all the time. And so he gets down into our souls and he saves us. So it's not a moment-by-moment salvation. It's a lifelong process of believing God for your deliverance, for your salvation. Amen? Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, I see you're writing that down. It says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's good news to me. Completely washed and cleansed. In Hebrews 8.14, it says, The blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, out, offered himself up without spot or wrinkle to cleanse your conscience from den, dead works. That means clean and cleanse your mind. Now, I have a story, an example that I want to share with you. 
and, and I want to be a little transparent because, you know, when we were, I first got saved, I wasn't, my mind wasn't com completely renewed. I had to work on it a little bit. So our family went to Disney World, our whole family, me, Marianne, and Charles, <laughs> big Italian family. And so we were there, and, and Marianne and Charles had to go do something. And so I said, well, I'll just go out to the pool at the Disney Hotel and work on my natural tan, my natural Italian tan, praise God. So I'm out there on my lounge chair, minding my own business. And all of a sudden, this whole parade of young girls come past my lounge chair, and they weren't wearing much. I thought this is a beauty pageant or something. And, and I'm going like, girls, get dressed, please, you know. What, I'm trying to concentrate on the Lord. And they're coming by, and I have a hard time concentrating. And then they stop, and they start talking and doing all this stuff. And I said, I, I forget it. You know, I went into the room, my hotel room, and I said, Lord, you said that the blood of Jesus cleanses my mind from dead works, my consciousness. So I ask you to cleanse me, Lord. And the rushing wind of the Holy Spirit, I've never felt this before, came and just blew through my mind. I was cleansed, I was whole, and I was holy. And I said, praise God. I went back out to the lounge chair, put my hands behind my head, just relaxed and said, praise God, do whatever you want. I'm holy. I've got the good, good uh, word of the Lord on the inside of me. Amen? So the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest that offers up for himself as a sacrifice for our sin once and for all. In the Old Testament, the high priest used to have to go in and offer bulls and goats every time we sinned. So can you imagine how many times they would have to go up for you and me? You know, two or three times a day, you know. Okay, this is for the sin that he just committed and offer up the sacrifice. Come back and... You, you have to say, you have to go back to the priest and say, you know, can you go back again? Because yeah, I, I messed up again. Can you help me out? And he'd be taking the bulls and the goats in there and, and then come back again. And the third time he'd say, can't you get it together? What's wrong with you? We don't have to offer up bulls and goats anymore. We have Jesus who is the eternal sacrifice for our sins. All we have to do is confess our sins and he makes us righteous. Praise God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Now, see, in the Old Testament, this is what Job's complaint was. He says, I don't have a mediator. I don't have a, a, someone to intercede for me, to, to make uh, my case known to God. I don't even know what I'm doing wrong. And I get all this punishment on me. But we have to know that Jesus has paid the price for us. And here's what Job said in Job 9.33. He says, now is there any daysman between us that can lay his hand on me and on God and make intercession for us? He was crying out, I need help. I need someone to, to plead my case. Now, when I was first married with Marianne, we needed a mediator. <laughs> we needed a go-between. We need someone to grab my hand and her hand and, and make peace. Can anybody uh, understand what I'm talking about? Praise God. Thank you God, that I'm not alone in this. So, we, so Marianne's mom was living with us at the time. So we went into her bedroom, and we plopped down on the bed, and we said, Mary, can you help us? Can you mediate this situation? Because I think I'm right. She thinks she's right. And, you know, there's no in going in between. So her mom was so gracious. You know, she didn't take her side. She didn't take my side. She just listened to both sides, and she agreed with both of us. She said, yeah, I understand, honey. And I understand, Chuck, how you feel, you know. But, you know, you guys love each other. I'm sure you guys are going to work it out. Yeah, okay, thanks. Okay, so we left the, the room, and I asked her, I go, do you feel better? He goes, yeah, she goes, I feel better. Uh, me too. What, what, what happened? <laughs> she just mediated and brought peace, and that's what Jesus does for us. The devil will try to bring accusations against us. You're no good. You messed up. You don't deserve the blessings of God. But guess what? We have God as our judge. And Jesus is our attorney. And our attorney goes to the judge and said, Judge, this man is not guilty. I paid the price. The blood is there uh, on the mercy seat. And he says, you're absolutely right, son. And he bangs his gavel down and says, this man is not guilty. And we can walk away free. Isn't that good news? Amen. We don't have a bunch of sins that are holding us back. Or times, you know, think about how it was when we were younger and the things that we've done. And yeah, even things we did last week. Glory to God. 
So the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. You want to know what those definitions mean? Yes, Pastor Chuck, would you please tell us? Ever liveth means full of vigor, fresh, strong, active, and powerful. He's ever ready. He's living. He's excited. He's ready to come to our rescue. Amen? He ever liveth. He's on the tips of his toes. He's ready to do something. You ever try to ask somebody to do something and they're laying around and you can't get them to move? Like, can you, can you, can we fix this? Can we do this? Well, not with Jesus. He's ready. The Bible says that he knows what we need even before we ask him. Isn't that good news? So that's ever living. Then intercession, you ready for this? It means to meet a person for the purpose of conversation. To meet a person to consult with them and to supplicate, to pray with them. That lifts my heart up to know that Jesus is ready to meet me, to consult with me, to talk with me, and to pray for me. Amen? You're not alone. You got Jesus in heaven. And we're going to find out we got the Holy Spirit, too, to help us. So the Bible says Jesus is at the right hand of the, right hand of the Father, our high priest, over the house of God. So it says in Hebrews 10, draw near with a true heart in full assurance for he, he is faithful, that promise. He's faithful. Praise God. Now, um, I, I, I just wonder, how, do, how does God do that? Does, he have, does Jesus have like a long list of things that he has to pray for? And, you, and, you, and he has to sit down and pray? No, we're going to find out this doesn't work that way. But one thing that we do know is the blood of Jesus is at the mercy seat. And anything that we have done, Jesus can say, my blood has covered it, Father. He says, yes, that's fantastic. And he can forgive all of our sins. There's no sin that's too big. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and they told you something and you don't blink and say, oh, I don't know. Jesus can't forgive you of that one. No, we know for sure he forgives us of everything. So how does he do it? How does he intercede for us? You, you want to know? I'm glad you came. In Hebrews 3, Verse 1, it says, Holy brethren, do we have any holy brethren and sister out there? Partakers of the heavenly call, calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or our confession, Jesus Christ. So that means that when we confess, when we profess, when we speak the word of God, Jesus is watching over his word to perform it in our lives. But you got to say it. You got to speak it. You got to say something. Amen. He's not just there, you know, praying for you without you doing anything. Kind of like if I asked William, William, could you come over and, and help me paint the church? And he'd say, sure, I'll come over and help you. And then. I get a chair and I sit down and I show him, there's the paint and there's the paintbrush. You go ahead. He goes, no, I, I came to help you. I'm not, not, do it your, not do it for you. Jesus wants us to be active. How much do we desire? The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth month much because we have the authority in Christ to speak to situations and God will back us up. Amen? So it also says now, the blood of the Lamb in Revelation, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony gives us victory. So we have the blood at the mercy seat. We have our words coming out of our mouth and Jesus is backing us up. Isn't that good news? So we can be confident when we go into the presence of God and make our requests request made known to him because he's interceding for us. He says, let us hold fast our profession of faith. Hold fast, hang on to it. Don't give up. God is praying. Jesus is praying for you to God. Now, let's look at another scripture in Romans 8, 34. It says God, uh, Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. And then also in Romans, just a little farther or a little uh, far up, Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches, knows, who, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we have Jesus 
interceding for us. And we have the Holy Spirit in us interceding on our behalf. So we have the Holy Spirit telling us what to pray. Then we got Jesus receiving the prayer and interceding and praying for us. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Is this amazing or what? Are, are you encouraged? You're not alone. It's going to happen. Amen? Praise God. So we have the Holy Spirit in us praying the will of God, and we have Jesus interceding for us. So we have to confess the word of God and pray. Praise God. Can you believe this is happening? Can you believe that this is actually what's happening in the spirit realm? That things are happening when you activate yourself, when you have a heart's desire to, to see something happen. Isn't it a wonderful feeling when you're believing for something and you pray for somebody or you pray for a situation and God waves his mighty hand and things work out and you go, how in the world did that happen? It's amazing. He cares for us. Now, I, I want to close. I'm not speaking long today, but I'm speaking more powerful for you. Because all you need to do is take these scriptures, meditate on them, put them in your heart, and know that when you pray, Jesus is interceding for you, and the Holy Spirit is praying through you. Amen? I, I was <laughs> reminded of this movie that I saw back in 1991, which is 30 years ago. It's amazing how our brains are like computers. They, they said if you turn a TV, the TV on for 24 hours and you watched it, it would take, I forgot how many, it, it would take years before you would fill up your whole brain with the information that you received. I mean, this brain can receive and remember a lot. So I remembered this from 30 years ago. The movie was called Bessie's Wedding. And they have this guy, this slick Italian guy, kind of remind me of who I wanted to be. But anyway, he was the son of a mafia boss. And he liked this girl, this normal girl, but she was a policeman, undercover policeman. Now, how many of you know that's not going to work, okay? But he liked her so much that he was uh, trying to win her over and, and he was decked out to the hilt. You know, he had that white suit and just really, you know, sharp hair slicked back, you know, perfect face. And uh, he said, it would do me a great honor if I could have a meal with you. Just, just a little bit of your time. It would just make me feel so, you know, happy. I'm going like, <coughs> please. So they go out, and he finally convinced her to go out on a date. <laughs> and so here's what he says to her. He says, I'm extremely interested in what pleases you. What do you like to eat? I mean, do you like your eggs scrambled or do you like them over easy uh, or sunny side? This is what, these are the things that concern me. Th these are the things that are in my mind. What kind of music do you like? Do you like rock? Do you like jazz? Do you like country? How do you sleep at night? How do you feel when you wake up? Are you in a good mood? These are the things that I'm concerned about. These are the things that go through my head. So after the movie, I told Marianne, I go, man, that was sickening, wasn't it? That guy is he's kind of syrupy. She goes, no, I thought it was kind of nice. <laughs> I said, what? Oh, I must be missing it here. I said, this, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I'm not that way. You know, maybe I need to be more that way. But I, subconsciously, somehow it filtered into my spirit. So I would start doing things for Marianne and taking care of her. And then when I retired, about four years ago, I didn't realize that she was four years younger than me so that there would be four years difference between her working and me being retired. And so I had to keep her encouraged. And so I found myself, you know, making breakfast for her, asking her, how did you feel? Did you sleep okay last night? Can I take you, drive you to the train station? Maybe I can drive you to work. Yeah, I'll pick you up and... and and what do you want for lunch? And can I cook you dinner? I, I'm turning into that guy in the movie. How did that happen? <laughs> so <laughs> I said all that to say this. If the guy in the movie could do it, and if I could do it, how much more can Jesus do it? The Bible says that 
God knows what we need before we even ask or think it. He knows our thoughts afar off. He is moved with compassion for us, and he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He is asking us, how do you feel today? What do you need? How can I encourage you? How can I pray for you? How can I be with you? This is Jesus saying, I want to be a part of your life. Amen? Amen. I hope this encourages you to go on and believe that you're in the right family. You're in the family of God. You've got Jesus on your right hand. You've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. God is with you and will keep you forever. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming before you and to hear your word and your concern and your love for us. And we thank you, Lord God, that as we give our hearts to you completely and totally, you will save us to the uttermost, that you will intercede for us on our behalf as we give our requests unto you. We thank you, Lord God, that you love us so much. We thank you, Father, for what you have given to us, that we're not alone in this world. We have comfort and uh, we have consolation in all that we do. And so for those of you that are out there right now and you say, you know what, I need that comfort, I need that consolation, I need that Holy Spirit presence in my life. When you accept Jesus into your heart, he comes in and dwells in there and makes a home in you and with you and for you. So if that's you and you said, I've never made that confession of faith, repeat after me as we say this together. Say, Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins to come into my heart and be Lord of my life now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Or if you've gone astray, maybe you've gone away a little bit like the prodigal son and you need forgiveness, you want to come back and ask God to wash, you away, wash away all of your sins, repeat after me. Say, Father God, I know you're a forgiving God. So I come before you asking for your forgiveness from all of my sins. Receive me back into your family, into your love, and into your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you answered any of those prayers, or if you want prayer for anything else, just contact us on that screen, uh, on the uh, website that's on the screen, newheartforyou.com, and press, and press contact and we'll contact you. We'll pray with you. We'll see you through. Know that Jesus loves you. He's interceding for you. And he cares for you. God bless you. Oh, 
How great is our God. Have a great Sunday, everybody. We'll see you next week. Name above.